This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. No, that wasn't Action Jackson. That was Alicia filling in quite well, I might Just add. can't fill his shoes. That's right. Hey, a self-defense event happens in seconds. And the time it takes to listen to the commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training, education, and be able to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. How you doing, kid? Pretty good. Looks like it's you and me. You and me. They've abandoned us again. But that's okay. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> that story you were telling off air, can, mm-hmm. that, can that be told on air? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, kind of back up because it sounded kind of interesting. Okay. So, uh, no, we were just talking. I had um, a lesson that I had today. Um, it was a husband and wife that came in, and the husband was an experienced shooter. The wife was not. They have a number of firearms in the home, and they're looking to start traveling cross-country. So he brought her in to, to just get a little bit more familiar and to potentially get her own concealed carry at some point. So um, it was just, uh, just it was great. You know, it's neat to see, um, you know, they were, the, they were older than me. You know, it's neat to see people getting out there, you know, get, wanting to experience life and realizing that safety is a concern and yeah. ready to learn and to dive into something new and taking the time to learn. And we just took our time. We spent our hour in the classroom. We didn't even make it out into the range. And, you know, some people are eager to get out and shoot, and so we can move a little bit more quickly if they're ready. Others need time to soak that information in, and mm-hmm. that's what we did. And gave her homework, and she's excited to come back next time. Well, it's time. a lot of information. It is. It in, is. In a very short period of time. Exactly. Especially is, when you have little to no background. Yeah. I mean, you, you, it's called, can I go home? My head's full. <laughs> right. So then you'll come back. And then, see, and that's what's nice about a personal trainer. Correct. Like one-on-one. Right. Because you move can at their work pace. at their pace. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And you know what? And, you know, some for some people, a group setting is more comfortable. Um, for others, they do prefer one-on-one. And it's really working within someone's comfort. Um, right. You know, a group setting tends to go a little slower mm-hmm. overall. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a little bit less one-on-one. But then, you know, there are people that thrive on that because they have a lot of downtime in between. Right. And they can just kind of soak it in and think. Exactly. So yeah. I just had two twins on uh, the time before. One of them wouldn't stop talking. The other one wouldn't say a word. You know, so sometimes people get intimidated, and then some feel like they just can't do it. And right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. So where'd you guys end up? So she's coming back. She's coming back. She's got homework, and she's going to come back. Homework. Yep. I'm not give her going, homework. I am not going to you. <laughs> I would not. Nope. I'll find me somebody. Hey, do we have any callers? We do. I bet we do. And this is called around the horn. That's good old Michael. He we likes are. that. Hopefully, we've got Gail Reamer on the line. Gail? 
Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Gail. Oh, we're just holding the fort down. Michael decided to go on a cruise. Try not to burn the house down while Dad's gone. I don't know who he thinks he is. I don't know either. So, I wanted to talk about what's coming up this week. On We have our, our monthly meetings mm-hmm. this week. Tuesday is the March meeting at North County Shooting Center, where the guest speaker will be Supervisor Jim Desmond, which we're super excited oh, about. Yeah. Desmond's a great friend of the Second Amendment. And then on Wednesday, our meeting is at Discount Gun Mart. That's for the Central, for the Marina Boulevard location. And the guest speaker is going to be Colin Rudolph, and he's going to be talking about our lawsuits. And that will be the same guest speaker on Thursday at La Bella Pizza. Um, Colin Rudolph will be there as well. Saturday, we got a couple of tabletops um, at Turner's up in San Marcos at the 511 Tactical Grand Opening. And um, also, we have, on April 2nd, we're going to be up at the San Marcos Spring Fling. And so that's an opportunity for some of our uh, members to come out and volunteer at a booth and have a great time while doing it. Fantastic. Now, you mentioned the 511 Grand Opening. Just for clarification, yes. is that the one in El Cajon? Mm-mm. Or is yes, that going to be the one? On new location in El Cajon on 790 North Johnson. Correct. Okay. Yeah, it's right across from where Sears used to be. Yep. It's, it's neat. It's right in my neck of the woods. It's I don't have to go all the way, the way, yeah, I don't have to go all the way to Mission Valley anymore. Uh, and there's no parking in Mission Valley. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, that's kind of what we got going on. Sounds Fantastic. like a, got a uh, website. In case people want to take a look, join. Super cheap, 10 bucks. SDCGO.org. All right. Gail, thanks a lot. We can't thank you for all the hard work that you put in. And we thank you. Not a problem. Take Mike to lunch. Take take Mike to lunch. Lunch is on him. Okay, good. Good. You can tell him I said so. Okay. (laughs) Take care, Thanks, Gail. All right. We got Heather Hawk on the line. We do, from Orange County. From Orange County. Heather, how are you today? I'm doing good. It started raining again, but. Down here as well. Uh, It's going to trickle in. They said it's going to rain until Wednesday. Yeah. But you know what? Can you believe we would ever say, gosh, when's it going to stop? Yeah, we needed it so bad. We sure did. (laughs) And the weeds come out real easy when you grab a hold of them. So what? Yeah, exactly. So what do you got going on in Orange County? Uh, well, this week we have our March monthly meeting as well. It's going to be Wednesday, March 22nd, uh, 6 p.m. at Covert, and that's uh, 44 Maxwell in Irvine. Uh, they're a high-end firearms dealer, so we get to kind of check out some of those, those nice Tran Tacticals, Atlas, the Phoenixes. Wow. Um, and, the, and so it's, it's, a, it's a fun little uh, kind of intro there while we're having some pizza. And then Alan Chandler is going to come and do a, from Lone Star Firearm Defense, do a legal self-defense seminar for California um, for as part of the meeting. So we're super excited about that. Um, and then Sunday, the 26th, uh, we have a tabletop. Um, I'm actually taking a class from Medic Up Consulting uh, in Anaheim. They're doing a high angle rescue course. So we're going to have a tabletop there too. So they've mm. got um, at, it's at all risk repelling and they're doing the stop the bleed course with it. And then also um, they have a 90 foot repelling um, kind of class there too. So it's going hand in hand. And they, if people want to come join, I'll be there taking the class. But we also have the tabletop there as well. So it's in Anaheim. Um, and they can go to medicupconsulting.com to sign up for the course. I'll have it in our events page as well for them to reference. 
And then our biggest announcement is the ticketing site is up for our Second Amendment Celebration Dinner, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Gun Prom. Awesome. So it's ready to go. We've got, um, you can go to gunprom.com and it'll have a, the listing. Um, it's going to be on May 20th. Uh, the doors open at 530 at the Orange Hill Restaurant in Orange, California. Beautiful place. It's up on top of the hill, so you get a nice view of Orange County. Um, and we've got three different table packages available, um, also individual tickets. We'll have drawings, live auctions. Our keynote speaker is going to be Alan Gottlieb, too, as well. So um, it's going to be a good event, and everybody can go to Gunprom. Got got, okay, that, that was really messed up. <laughs> Gunprom.com. <laughs> got a little tongue-tied there. Um, and look and pick the right tickets they'd like. Um, or if they want to do reserve a table, get that set right today. So we, they'll fill up fast, I'm sure. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, Heather. You take care and have a great one. You too. Take care. All right. Now, last but not least, Carla Talley. Carla, are you on the line? I am on the line. Saving the best for last, I see. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, we made a a point of it. How are you doing today? Doing good. Now, you two aren't running around with scissors while Dad's away, are you? Uh, We're being nice. We're being nice. But but we're just sitting here. Hey, we're actually having a great time. Looking forward to chatting with you. What's going on out in the Inland Empire? Well, we have our monthly meeting coming up on Saturday. It's going to be at Sidelines Bar and Grill in Marietta. And we are also hosting a tabletop right there in the same parking lot at the Shootist in Marietta. So we will be out at the shooters from 10 to 4, and we'll have our meeting from 1 to 3. We also have on April 1st a uh, shooting social coming up out at Rainbow Range, where we will have a steel target competition for pistols going on. We'll have a barbecue, and you can sign up online for that at iegunowners.com. And we also have a town hall going on April 29th uh, to promote... uh, gun safety and the status of the crime that is affecting South uh, Riverside. So we will be hosting that. Um, That's, again, April 29th on a Saturday, and you can go onto our website there also at iegunowners.com and sign up to attend that event. That event is actually free to attend. Fantastic. Well, hey, give us the uh, website one more time. iegunowners.com. All right, you have a wonderful afternoon, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you, Carla. Talk to you next week. Have a good day, guys. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. folks this is gun owners radio right here on fm 96.1 am 1170 answer all right dean weingarten has been a peace officer a military officer and he was on the university of wisconsin pistol team for four years he was also first certified to teach firearms safely back in 1973 ammo land writer dean weingarten is up next but first if you own a gun in california you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws uh, on your speed dial. Because if you ever have a legal matter that involves firearms, you need a California's firearm lawyer, John Dillon. And if you have any questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Our trusted firearms attorney is John Dillon. 
John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now, 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon's California firearms lawyer, 760-642-7150. All right, kid, who you got for a special All guest? All right, well, so today we have Dean, Dean Weigart. Dean, are you there? I am. Glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you for being on with us. You know, for people that aren't familiar with you, let's just start with a little bit of an intro. I know I did look you up. I did a little bit of research before we came in today, and you have a really interesting background. I'd love to, for you just to take a minute, introduce yourself, a little bit of your background and where you're coming from. Well, I grew up in the gun culture in northern Wisconsin. Uh, my high school uh, would allow you to have time off for deer season, for example. <laughs> and uh, then at, uh, when I went to the University of Wisconsin, I became part of the pistol team there. Eventually, uh, I joined uh, the military as a young officer and uh, served a, a tour. And at uh, the same time, uh, was a military uh, game warden, as it happened in California. Later on, I became a peace officer in Wisconsin, and then I served in the uh, Department of Defense Research Development Test and Evaluation uh, for the rest of my career at various posts from Panama to Yuma Proving Ground, and uh, eventually uh, retired from that and then started uh, writing full-time, although my first article in the American Rifleman was published back in 1981, I believe. Wonderful. That's quite an interesting background that you have. I'm curious, out of all those those career paths and professions that you had, which did you enjoy the most? Oh, that, well, <laughs> one I didn't mention. Okay. Uh, when I, for a short period, when fur was still worth something, I did some uh, trapping along the Namakagan River when I was in high school, and that was very enjoyable and made me some money to go to college with. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. So, all right. So with the, this colorful background that you have, definitely a heavy emphasis in firearms. And um, you did, you've, you've, you've hunted, you've competed, and you've served, and you also teach. I'm just curious, what triggered you uh, into wanting to be, um, like, what, what angle are you coming from as far as your, what, what pushes you to be such a great advocate for the Second Amendment? Well, when I was uh, growing up and forming my opinion about various things, such as uh, firearms and the Second Amendment, uh, during that period, uh, probably 1965 to 1968, there was great debate about how firearms should be regulated in the United States. And I wondered, how was it that you could have something like the 1968 Federal Firearms Act without, um, you know, having a constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. And that got me to uh, studying about it. And then uh, in, in college, uh, there was some research that I read about. Uh, actually, I think it was just after I, I had, was a military officer in California about 1975 uh, that claimed that having a firearm in the home was uh, more dangerous than not having one. Just struck me as odd. Didn't seem to uh, to jibe with my personal experience. So I looked up the research and read it and realized it was really poorly done. And as more and more pressure came to bear to pass more and more restrictions on the right to keep and bear arms, I decided, even though it appeared 
we were losing, uh, I would have to fight or I wouldn't be able to, uh, to live with myself. So I said, we have to fight to try to maintain the Constitution and the, uh, the protections that were built into uh, the Bill of Rights. And now I'm glad to say 50 years later, uh, we appear to be winning. You know, speaking of uh, what you mentioned in California, you know, that argument that they still haven't given up on that. They're still pushing for that. The same arguments they were giving you 50 years ago are still circled around. Oh, <laughs> it, it's, it's worse than that. If you read the debate on the passage of the National Firearms Act of 19, let's see, I think it was 1932. I mean, it may have been passed in 34. And then, of course, the Miller decision was in 39. Mm-hmm. But if you read the debates in the congressional committees, they sound very similar to what we debate today. Same tired and correct. On one side, you have one side, which is, how can I put this, um, stupendously ignorant of firearms technology, uh, ignorant of the Constitution, ignorant of the purpose of the Second Amendment. And yet, they have this sort of ignorant belief that they're the smartest people in the room and that they should decide for everybody else how the Constitution should be interpreted and whether or not people should have individual rights like the right to keep and bear arms. On the other side, you have reason, debate that understands a lot of the facts, brings to bear evidence of science and experience, and is pretty much ignored by the other side. Absolutely. Absolutely. The same tired arguments. They haven't, uh, haven't changed tactics. They're just still trying to strong arm through. How much, so there was a, a little bit of hint of a mention of your book, Ammo Land, in a little intro. Can you give me a little bit um, of information, a little bit of a, a brief about your book that you have out? No, I don't have a book out. I would like to, I should Ammo probably. Land. Let's put it this way. I am being pushed to write a book. Okay. I've actually got most of it written because my most popular series of articles is about how effective pistols are in defense against bears. Correct. And for some reason, people want to read and hear about big furry creatures that want to kill you. So that's been a very popular series, and I probably have more than enough information to put together a book on it. But it takes time, energy, and and will. And uh, I've been busy, so busy writing individual articles. There's something like uh, over 3,000, getting close to 4,000 articles on the net, one place or another. And some of them, some of them in print. Uh, it's it's fun to write these articles, and it seems more work to put a book together. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a pet. So. You know, so looking at at all the uh, your years of experience, you're you've seen that you know the decades pass and, and the the tone and the, and the, the feel um, of the people uh, over time. What do you think is the biggest obstacle currently um, in connecting and, and with people, educating people, and uh, trying to get people um, involved in understanding the Second Amendment and, and its importance? How do we how do we kind of deal with the the current feel of the nation? Well, you've got a couple of questions in there. Mm-hmm. Just a few. The biggest obstacle is people still watch television. And television is the biggest source of misinformation about firearms, firearms use, and the Second Amendment that I can see generally. So people get their information about television, 
I've talked to other people, my brother amongst, amongst them, we say, you know, it's really a good thing that the people were likely to find in opposi- opposition got their training from television and the movies. But at the same token, although the tactical tra- training is terrible, the so-called facts they get is also terrible. Fortunately, fewer and fewer people are getting their information from television. And as the as what I would call alternate media, media outside the mainstream, which I would consider, you know, the three big television networks, CNN, MSNBC, uh, AP, New York Times, Washington Post, as more and more people get information from sources outside of those that are not controlled by Google or Facebook. Um, now, Twitter seems to be at least neutral with Elon Musk then our predominance in factual arguments and in facts happens. And the more people get personal contact with and use of firearms, the better we do, because they see that what they have seen on television, in the movies, and other indoctrination just isn't true. Uh, Of course, reality has a way of winning in the end. And we're much closer aligned with reality than the other side is. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, after a while, it just doesn't make sense. We're at the point now where they don't want to admit they're wrong, and they're still, but there's a lot of them that are going to fight and fight. I mean, this is the fight, all there is to it. Well, it's their whole worldview that is at stake. They have to admit that their understanding, their basic assumptions about the nature of reality is wrong. That's extremely difficult for any adult human to do. It takes literally a a Saul on the road to Damascus type moment for most people to change their assumptions about the nature of reality. And it's just hard. Yeah, they're aliens. I think they're aliens. Well, <laughs> the, the people who have that point of view are not a majority of the population. No. I, I'm guessing they're in under 20%. Um, but that's big enough, oh. and they, can, they're, they are way overrepresented. Almost entirely, they're concentrated in the media, yeah. on the East Coast, in the big cities. And then we have a large contingent of people who... You know, haven't really entirely formed a view. They just sort of have an idea. That <laughs> hey, Dean. Got to pay a bill. Can you hang with us for another segment? Sure can. All right. Be right back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1178. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to... Gun Owners Radio, FM 961A, I'm 1170. The answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and you want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, you need to join ocgunowners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is the Do Something organization to restore and defend the Second Amendment. Volunteer at a shooting social at a gun shop and tabletop and help more pro-gun local officials get elected. Save the date. Orange County Gun Prom is May 20th. 
Become a member today at ocgunowners.com slash join. All right. We're back with Dean Weingartner. And uh, there's a lot of craziness going on out there. But, uh, you know, where are we at on your side of it? I'd like to just amend a previous remark oh. that I uh, previously uh, I said that uh, I mentioned what was my favorite of the previous employment. But I have to say writing now is by far oh, the best, far gotcha. better than any other occupation I have had. And I enjoy it immensely. Well, and I'd like to go in with a little bit of a correction of my own. I apologize. I misunderstood. I thought Amelin was a book, but I now understand it is a an online an online platform for you. Can you tell us a little bit about Amelin and what it is, and and, well, and where we can find it? The, the publisher um, who I uh, you know publishes my stuff tells me that Amelin is the largest gun oriented website on the internet. I can't you know figure a way to to verify that. He but can. One time, if you ask him, he can show you. I'm older than dirt, and somebody showed me yeah, the other well, day. At, at one time, uh, the claim was that it was in the top 1,000 websites in the world. Wow, that's huge. So, and then he claims uh, that uh, I'm the most popular writer on Amelan. They have a number. They have a stable of writers, I guess I should say. And, yeah. And uh, they appear to be mostly independent of the uh, tech oligarchs. Uh, wow. They arrange for their own advertising, for example, so they don't have to, they don't are not subject to the whim of Google as to whether they get advertising or not. Perfect. Yeah. So, what's content? What what would I find if I went there? It's a mix. Uh, there's a lot of advertisements for various firearms products and related products. Sure. Uh, a lot of reviews. I very seldom do a review. Reviews are a lot of work, and frankly, I think you you know you run a little risk of uh, being considered mm. at the mercy of uh, the people that are that you're doing the review of. Uh, yeah, because if you say anything on. bad about it, like I, I do the same thing, but I do cars. I get new cars every week to drive to do a, a review, and you know, I do radio and TV. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. There is that thin fine line, but so I just don't, I do yeah. almost never do a review, but if I get a product that I'm really interested in and it impresses me, or I just think it's worth mentioning, then I may do a, sure. a review or just an article about it. And right. well, here's, here's something that I expect I'll probably do a review of, and that is Caltech has recently come out with an optics version for their very popular P17 pistol. And mm. uh, so I've ordered one. We'll see. Uh, how it does, but I'm a big fan of optics on pistols now because my eyesight is is not that great mm -hmm. uh, as I get older. So optics are a much better solution for someone with aging eyes. Mary, that's 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 good uh, advice. Then, uh, then they have num numerous writers. I write a lot about Second Amendment issues, uh, legislation, court cases, um, technology, history. Self-defense, you know, I, I cover just about everything, but I don't do very many reviews. Right. Right. Okay. Absolutely. So everybody says the only way we're going to correct this is everybody's got to get involved. What, what would be the number? I, what, what's the first thing you tell people to do? Well, the first thing, if you are a gun owner, is invite somebody else to go to the range with you. Mm -hmm. 
get them involved. The one-on-one communication and uh, thoughtful training of somebody introducing them to firearms is one of our strongest weapons. Mm. The number of gun owners has been growing tremendously in the United States in spite of the other side trying to claim it's otherwise. For the first time, we have seen uh, in polling that more people oppose a ban on semi-automatic firearms than approve of it just recently. And it's been growing over the years more and more. We've seen as more people become educated, there's more opposition to infringements on Second Amendment, on rights protected by the Second Amendment, as I like to say. So taking somebody shooting is a very good idea. Uh, just talking to them. I remember I was once at a conference where we were getting training as a, as federal uh, oh, uh, managers, you know, people. And, and one of the people that was there was a reasonably a well-educated field officer, field grade officer that had retired and now was a federal manager. And we talked about the assault weapons ban. And I said, do you realize that's not about fully automatic weapons? He says, what? But I, but I watch TV. Uh, right on there, they had fully... Yeah, they lied to you. He was flabbergasted. So, Dean, so I have... If we get our... I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Dean, someone along those lines, I'd actually like to kind of take take that and kind of go go up, you know, with, with in, in light of Biden's most recent executive order, you know, trying to make uh, Safer Communities Act. Uh, what are your thoughts on... on on this latest, this latest move that Biden's been making, and and kind of in the same vein as, as the whole AR, what's that? Has he signed it yet? Well, there's been some right. movement on it's, it. He's impl- it's an executive order, and you know he's flailing around because he hasn't been able to get any legislation passed right. because it's not popular. Right. Um, so his side or our side? Back. His side is not popular. Right. And he's trying to pay back, you know, the special interests, every town, Bloomberg and such, with concrete, concrete action. He's got a problem in the Supreme Court with the Bruin decision, particularly, has pretty much said most of what he wants is unconstitutional. Right. So he's just making a lot of noise right now. It's hard to know how this will play out in reality. I suspect the ATF is going to be, and already has been what we've seen, very strict on people with federal firearms licenses. And we'll see a bunch of injustice uh, meted out against people with federal firearms licenses who make a small paperwork error. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's trying to get these red flag laws pushed into more states. The whole existence of red flag laws is now questionable under the Bruin decision, in my opinion. Uh, He's kind of boxed in. It appears to me that our opponents are in kind of in a desperate holding position, trying to prevent uh, erosion of the multitudinous infringements that have been enacted over the last uh, 60, 70 years, uh, maybe even a little longer. And just they're desperately hoping that they can have something happen, you know, like maybe a meteor strike killing two (laughs) conservative justices or something like that, uh, so that they can get a friendly Supreme Court that will uphold their unconstitutional actions. So that's that's where I think they're at. They're trying to figure a way, but they're just flailing around. 
And we've seen numerous lower courts now starting to actually uphold the Second Amendment yeah. and maybe reluctantly, but following the clear guidance mm-hmm. given in the Bruin decision. And I think, and I think that's why they get as much done as they do with a lot of flailing. I mean, they just throw more against the wall than you can shake a stick at to see what's going to stick. And they're relentless. They have they're relentless. Contrary to the media um, narrative, they right. have money. We have numbers. Right. They have lies. We have truth. That's right. You have enough money and lies, you can make some progress. And they did. They made lots of progress yeah. for many years when they dominated the media from, I would say, easily 1965 at least. Mm-hmm. And certainly you can make the argument before that up until at least 1994. But since 19, around 1994, where you saw the Republican Revolution in 1994, the idea that there are some alternate choices in the media that reflect conservative or constitutionalist or traditionalist, whatever you want to call them, republic, small r republic form of uh, views, uh, they've been forced to become more and more radical and obvious in their attacks on traditionalist, conservative America and the Constitution. I hate to throw this at you, but it's just, I'm curious. What do you think of Newsom since we're in California? Where are you at? <laughs> Where are you at? Well, he's, he's, he, he's a pretty face, isn't he? No. I mean, and I think he's a despicable person. I think he has no ethics or morality. Uh, he's strictly after power. And with the California media almost entirely on his side, and he has kind of a lock on California politics. Uh, He has little to fear, and uh, so he does all kinds of things that are blatantly bad. Did you hear the latest at Alcatraz? I had not. I think he wants to turn it into a resort. Okay. I thought that was San Quentin. Maybe it's San Quentin. Was it San Quentin? I believe it's San Quentin. Wasn't Alcatraz? I don't think so. I'd rather have an ocean view. (laughs) What what are you going to do? But What state are you in? I'm in Arizona. Yeah, so I'm right next door. Yeah, just right it, next door with a big it, sign. It, it irks. Yeah. It irks me that I can't easily. I can't travel into California uh, armed. It's right. just about impossible. Yeah, and, and, and if you need but, to be armed in California, this is a time you need to be armed. Especially in the big cities. Yeah. Yeah, without a shadow of a uh, doubt. It irks me particularly because about. Gosh, when was it? About 96? I forget when. But um, I had a deal going where Imperial County Sheriff was going to give me a little training and get me a California permit. Mm. And just after I got that deal set up, uh, California changed their law, saying that uh, uh, basic law enforcement could only issue permits to people who are residents of their county. Hey, Dean, we got to let you go. Tell us how people can follow you around. Well, the best place to find my work is on Amoland. Go to amoland.com. Uh, I'm also on uh, Lock and Load Radio. I do two radio shows with them uh, a week usually. So if you look for Lock and Load with Phil Frady, you can find a lot of podcasts there. Those are probably the two best places with okay. Amoland. 
being by far the most prominent one with over 2,000 articles there. There you go, brother. Hey, it's always good talking to you. Take care. And we will definitely chat with you down the road. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school right here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. You can learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. Just check out this deal. Just for gun owner radio listeners, one hour of ground school, one hour of flight, actually fly with an instructor, Normally $400. Just for you listeners, $350. Get get started as easy. Just give them a call at 858-569-1822 or go to learn to fly with SDFTI. Call today, 858-569-1822. All right. We're going to do a little show here for you folks. Uh, Alicia's going to just demonstrate something we have here from Franklin Armory, and she's been waiting for it, the CA320, kind of run it down as to what do you have here? Okay, well, so a few weeks ago, if you remember, we had a representative from Franklin Armory. His name is Dan, and he talked to us about this, and this is a firearm that they were able to get through onto the roster for California. It is essentially a rostered version of the SIG P320. Um, They are calling it the CA320. And the reason, the way that they kind of worked around and were able to get it rostered is it is made as a single shot. And the way that they do that is, and this has been disassembled, obviously. YouTube doesn't like it when we have them all together. The, the frame module that it comes with, if you want to take a look at the inside here, there is not a true magazine well opening. I'm going to flip it. So if you look in through here, you normally would see daylight through the magazine well opening. For those of you listening here on radio and not seeing it on the podcast, uh, essentially the magazine well deep within it has a piece that seals off the magazine well from the internal portion of the frame. At the very top, there is almost like a hammock or a sling um, where the normal round inside of a magazine would be sitting. I do have a demo around here. I'm just going to plop in. It sits essentially there. Plits at the same height and elevation as a magazine would if you had a magazine in the magazine well. The slide goes forward. It does uh, pick off that round. It pushes it forward up into the chamber, and it chambers around. It is single shot. You can you have to essentially lock your slide to the rear, insert your first round into the hammock area here, close your slide, rock and roll like normal, fire your one round. The slide will not lock open when empty. It's just not built that way. So you will then have to lock your slide to the rear, extract the empty casing, and that then leaves it conveniently open for you to chamber your, uh, to place your next round to chamber it. Now, that is that is how the CA320 comes to you as it is legal to get in California. Know that you have options. It is fully functional and usable in this condition. Here is your firing control module, by the way, that you would insert in your trigger with the whole firing assembly there. 
If you choose to purchase a CA320, you have some options. It is absolutely legal for you to decide that this single shot frame setup is not going to work for you. You can purchase from a number of different sources. You can purchase straight from SIG. You can go to many dealers that offer SIG replacement parts and purchase a legitimate SIG P320 frame that does not have the single shot uh, design. You simply will plop your same firing control module into your brand new SIG frame, and then you have a fully functional P320 that is not single shot. So you essentially, if you don't like it as it comes, you replace this one piece. So if you buy it as a single shot, correct. what kind of money are you talking about? So it retails, uh, the, our, the MSRP is 950 Shops, okay. I've seen it anywhere of upwards of 1200 um, is there going to be their sale price? But you'll find it anywhere from nine fifty to twelve. Is so tends to be the range I found. What does that cost that you have in your hand? If you want to purchase to get a, rid of the single shot, to get rid of the single shot depends on what brand you want to go with. Wilson Combat has one, I believe. There's runs around seventy. Um, oh. The Sig frame module runs a little bit less. I believe seventy dollars, seventy bucks. So anywhere from fifty to seventy, depending on what brand that you like. Um, and when you replace this module which is simply the frame without the firing control guts. You take the guts that came with your CA320, plop them into your new frame module, and you've got a fully functional P320. And so you can actually go back and forth if you, you want to. You can. So why would somebody buy the single shot? Because that's all that you can get in California unless you have another avenue to get the P320 legally. Oh, if you want the P320. If you want the P320, the workaround that we have an option of doing is to purchase the CA320. And if you decide the current setup is not for you, you can opt to buy a different frame module. That will be just like the P320. Did that make California mad? Or do they care? They're just looking for something to get mad about. They just like to fight. <laughs> so they're just going to Well, it's they almost are. like playing chess. Okay, you can't do right. this. And then some ingenious Find a workaround. armor comes out and he says, how about this? Well, you know, it's just like the, 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 whole, the whole AR, you know, having to have the, you know, the, the, the whole thing with the bullet button or having to break the action. You know, it just created people or opportunities for people to get really creative. Now you can have a fixed magazine with a clip feed. You can clip feed faster than you could ever change up magazines. It just forces people to get creative. Well, and, 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 you know, and that's okay. Yeah. I absolutely. mean, that's okay because it's, it's all 100% legal. Absolutely. We're not showing you anything that you can't, you know, that's not legal. Correct. What do you got there? I'm just going to show really quickly. This is the slide that comes with the CA320. It is a legitimate from SIG P320 slide. If you take a look, it has does have the model designation there. It does have all the SIG, uh, the recoil spring guide rod. So this whole gun is just strictly. The only thing not is the, SIG is the, is the, is the, the Franklin that Armory uh, the fr- frame module. Fr- okay, gotcha. Correct. Everything else is SIG. You know how to put Your that barrel together? is SIG. What's that? You know how to put that back together? Yes, I do. Yeah. There you go. I need YouTube. Nah. Look at that. You probably could do there it in you your go. sleep. Yeah. We ought to do a military training so you have you see how fast you can. No, yeah, get blindfolded. <laughs> was I watching an old cowboy movie? Right. Yeah, I'd stop right there. Any farther in this cell phone. They'll, they'll cut smoke. us off. I know. And I don't know any bananas that look that size. Back order, readily available? They are readily available in most shops. So Franklin is really. Um, really ramping this up their production i know i work at so discount they're getting a lot of response they are they're a lot of, it's very popular so i know at shot show 
I was told that the line was like around the corner of, of reps wanting to meet with them and to get orders in and everything. Um, as far as internal knowledge, I work for Discount, so my only knowledge is what Discount has. I know they did get two shipments in. They do have them aplenty in San Diego County. Okay. Um, so, and they, they currently have a sale on them as well. Um, but I know other shops also are getting them in. Um, if not already, they are going to be receiving them soon. Franklin's really working hard to push them out. Right. Where is Franklin Armory? Oh, goodness. You know, right I don't head? recall yeah. off the top of my head. I, I believe they're a, somewhere a, Midwest, I believe. Yeah, it's a U.S. company. They are. Yes, they are. I guess that was where I was yeah. really going. Yeah. So probably no real modifications to that piece right there at this point in time. No, no special tools needed. You just simply take out your, your takedown pen um, and that's no it. No tools. No tools. Um, so when it is assembled together, there is no slide lock on the current. Oh, because it's a single shot. Because it's single shot. When you buy your, uh, when you decide that you have the uh, the opportunity, you decide to take advantage of that and purchase the uh, a more a, a, a different one. A, a, correct, a more traditional yeah. uh, frame. It will come with your slide lock. Uh, okay, so then you could, but then correct. you have to go buy a slide lock. Well, this one it's, didn't so because it, well, it comes it comes with a an. Uh, well, here's the thing. It won't go to slide lock. It does have a slide lock feature. However, it will not go to slide lock right. because you don't have the internal components gotcha. in here to, to make so all that magic happen. I was just wondering if you need those internal components when you no, switch to it, a non. No, this is compatible. It will fully function when gotcha. you have the proper frame. Gotcha. Yeah. It has the parts. It just doesn't have the ability to use them all. Gotcha. Oh, I see so. how they did it. Well, you know, you know they're going to think this thing out to the, to the nth degree. Right. Before they put it on the market. Right. And I, you know, as far as firing it, I have put quite a few rounds through it. It is a P320. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. So, it's a little bit dirty. A little bit. So, as far as the trigger goes, it is a P320 um, trigger. It is it is all the SIG parts. You can even see the SIG logo internally inside there. Um, the, the thing that I noticed is that the trigger is a little different than the older SIG P320. So if you have an older P320 and you tried this one, it will be a little bit different, but it's not Harder different. Or softer? It's just a different, it's, it's a little, it's a little, mm, I, you know, as far as the, the trigger poundage, I'm not sure of the actual poundage. I feel Did like it, it feel might the be same from slightly the first larger pull to the last pull. It is, it is. So here, but here's why my understanding is that it's different. So if you're familiar with what's going on right now with this with the SIG P320, there was concerns over it firing without any manipulation of the trigger. Um, in response to that, they did make some, um, some variations and alterations to their firing control group, and that's going to account for the slight difference that you're going to feel in the trigger pull. And that's going to be consistent with the new P320s as well as the C3, CA320. Uh -huh. That's not just because this is a CA320. That's the new, the new, the new, new right. um, for safety. So what did you think of having to put a new round in every time? Did you know, at first it was a little, a little, a little annoying. Yeah, a little annoying. Um, but, you know, it's fun to shoot, and I didn't mind doing it. Really? So if anything, you get a little bit of a workout having to go to slide lock every time. And it has that same pressure? Oh, it's just a, a, a standard yeah, slide lock. Standard. Yeah, okay, no, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a shield or anything. It's not hard. Yeah. It's totally it's doable. It's not a shield. All the shield complaints, 1-800-ALICIA. 1-800-ALICIA, call anytime. <laughs> All right. What do we got coming up next? I have no idea. Do you have any idea? Oh, yeah. Well, so well, up next, it's going to be me again. You're, yeah, st you're stuck with me. That's what I was hoping You're for. with me. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961.
1170. The answer. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Inland Empire Gun Owners strives to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your local gun rights. And how do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. Become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment rights. That's iegunowners.com slash join. All right. Hey, I guess we've got some prizes and events. We do. Upcoming up on April 23rd, it's going to be Gun Owners Radio Range Day. It is um, an event that we're pretty excited to offer, and it's it's a great discount rate of just 20 bucks for 10 ring members, normally $100 a ticket. And it's an opportunity to, to shoot outdoors. You're going to shoot on steel. You're going to move and shoot and just have a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have a number of uh, firearm products for demo and use. I will be having the uh, Franklin Armory CA320 there with me. I will have both the single shot frame as well as a more conventional frame. You mm-hmm. can choose to shoot it either way. We will also have some products from, this is the one Mike loves to pronounce, yeah. Ex- Nilo. Nihilo. I'm not sure what they're going to have for us, but it, I'm sure it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rumor that Franklin Armory is going to be sending us a second firearm. I'm not going to give out just yet mm-hmm. what it is until it arrives. Got to be there to see it. <laughs> and it's just it's going to be a great day, a lot of fun. So. And now we're having a special speaker, or subscribe. Oh no, we have a winner. What am I? We have about? a winner. So we have a subscribe and one winner. Ready, my good friend Mark Spector. All right. Mark is pretty active. He uh, goes to the shooting socials. He's a mentor. He knows how to do for, it. Uh, oh, absolutely. For uh, the Not Meat group, and he's awesome. So we also have, uh, just a quick reminder, Heather talked about it earlier, but we have Orange County Gun Prom coming up uh, May 20th, and the uh, website is live. You can go on and purchase your tickets now. Uh, tickets are limited, so you don't want to miss out on that. Take advantage of it. We also are offering, let's see, uh, there's also going to be Look at this. A two-hour drawing from the holster class with Mike Pettengill, which we had on. Oh, yeah. So Last Mike, week or the week before? Oh, goodness, they're all starting to run together. Don't tell me about it. I think it. it was the week before. And we have a winner for that. Winner is Michael White. I figured, oh, there he is. I'm going, where did Congratulations. go? Congratulations. Right. Uh-oh. Here comes a curtain call. A little I bit different it. today. I think that's a good name. Yeah. Right. Well, I didn't come up with it, so that's why it's right. good. All right. Yeah. So what I want to talk a little bit about today is there's a program out there 
Um, you know, what's kind of ironic is that when, when we were talking about who we we're going to have on as a guest today, I saw the name and I thought, you know what? Oh my goodness. I've worked with her before. I've taken a class from her before. Mm. Um, so I want to kind of just a little bit of a preface uh, for our next upcoming guest. There's a program called QPR Gatekeeper. And that is a certification program that I have taken. And that ties in with the topic for our next segment, which is going to be called Hold My Guns. Um, and just a little bit about that, just just to kind of introduce the topic. Now, the course that I took was a, again, it's called the QPR Gatekeeper. And the whole concept is training people. Uh, gosh, it was it, there was so much information. Training people to identify and to help intervene and to help provide uh, guidance and support to people who are at risk for suicide. It was a, a training course that so taught us different scenarios. It wasn't so much scenarios. Uh, we learned um, in depth. You, you know, if you look online, you do some research, you watch some things. You know, you, you can learn a lot of. You can learn mm-hmm. bits and pieces of this or get things here and there. But it was a really um, inclusive, really informational, like heavy informational, great course. Uh, you know, the science, what to look for. There are a lot of things that people, science of that people show that a lot of the world may not realize their science, that they may be um, contemplating suicide. Mm-hmm. What do you look for? Um, the biggest thing that I took away is, is not, it was not, you know, so many of us are raised to be polite. We're raised to mind our business. We're raised to be respectful of people. And the one really big thing that was a personal takeaway for me, and I can't speak for anybody else, this was my takeaway, is it really empowered and taught that there are times where it's appropriate and it's okay to get in someone's business. And, it, and they had some really great tips and tools and ways to do it in a very loving, kind way to where you're supportive and you're not intrusive. And that was really big because I, you know, it really opened my eyes to ways that you can do that, mm-hmm. ways you can support and help somebody mm-hmm. without pushing them away. Yeah. And it, and, and it's, I think it's a little bit of a talent. There's people out there that just have that knack Absolutely. of diffusing a situation or resolving a situation. I mean, even in the even in business, you know, if you're the say the secretary and I'm asking for help and you can't give it to me, mm-hmm. then it, but if your boss comes out, he can give it to me. So that's it's that it's that it's that kind of a feeling when you, when you do it that way. But you know, there's some people you can you know you can just listen to them talk all day and I they know. can they can talk anybody off or a ledge. They can talk much, you into they, buying anything. They'll either buy it and get out <laughs> right. of my office. I'm right. Talk- And so, you know, even for people that that don't have those natural talents, sometimes we might be put in positions to where we we may come across a situation and we need to step into that role, even if it's not a strength that we have. And so, you know, this this course was wonderful and it was put together in a way that that it really empowers and gives you the tools if you don't already have them naturally. What do you say? What do you do? And there were some scenarios that we did talk about towards the end, but that wasn't the the focus. And this is for instructors. No, not no, not not specific to instructors. However. However, being in the gun community, I think it is really a, a really imperative thing that that we uh, should be taking and be you know being aware of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't only gun specific; it was it was just suicide. It was it was all all the methods. Yeah. Um, however, um, guns are obviously a big concern. You know, concern um, within that mindset. I was talking to a lady yesterday, day before, because I'm pitching. You know, not me, SD. Mm-hmm. Every time I see a, a a woman, I you know use the conversation. I bring it up, and she goes, "Oh no, 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 no! I'm scared to death of guns." And I says, "Are you scared to death of the noise?" 
or what they can do? He goes, well, probably a little bit of both. I said, well, the noise can be corrected Mm -hmm. and the use can be controlled. So there's no reason to be afraid. Correct. I said, you better get some kind of protection just for your own safety. You know, it's just not a bad idea. And uh, I used to even pepper spray, you know, worst comes from it, but you got to do something. So we actually have a pepper spray class. I know. I gave her my card and I told her, I said, just send an email to San Diego County, uh, San Diego County. Yep. I'll be holding, I'll be teaching that class. Are you going to teach? April April 13th. Yeah. Not me, San Diego. I am not coming. That's you okay. will say, Dave, come here. I need you to for a minute, <laughs> and I'll get squirted. And I, maybe, maybe. You know, I, there's no way. I do not trust you any farther than I can throw this studio. All right. Because you'd like a target. Look at look at that grin on your face. I've been on the other end of it, so I know. Yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't do that to you. Hey, I was in but, the army. I had I had that. What do you call that stuff? Gosh, can't think tear of gas. It. Tear gas. There you go. Boy, that's a that's a ripper. <laughs> let me tell you. So all right. So she's coming up next. So I believe our guest is going to be, I know we had originally someone else who was ill. Do we have Sarah? Do we have Sarah? Up in the next segment? We're going to have have a representative. Um, And the representative that we're going to have, so the the QPR gatekeeper program that I mentioned Mm -hmm. um, ties in with another program that they, that they, they have that they run called hold my guns and just a really quick preview of that our guest next segment is going to go really in depth to it Um, but the idea is that if you have someone in a situation to where um, they feel that they may be at risk of of making you know a a rash decision um, or there's just a concern over that and there is a place there is a way that they can temporarily surrender uh, by choice their firearms until they get themselves out of that state. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a whole program and it's a, it's a very great, wonderful in-depth program. Um, and so that's what we're going to be talking about next on the next segment. Well, we're really looking forward to it. Hey Absolutely. folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Ah. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, you know, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. They design The design is excellent. The photos are beautiful, and your website looks great on your phone. But it's just not getting any questions. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you could fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do and how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is easy. You can visit SageTree.com and click on the Schedule an Appointment button. That's SageTree.com and click on that Schedule a Call button and they will take care of you. All right, we have a special guest on the line and I think you, you know this nice lady. If it's who I think it is, I believe I do. Sarah, are you there? I'm here. It's so great to be here tonight. Thank you, Sarah. Nope, Sarah, I know that you won't remember me specifically, but I was one of many women that sat in um, on your class at the uh, Girl in a Gun conference last year. That is awesome. I really enjoyed that. And I'm so excited to be coming back again this year to teach that QPR suicide prevention class. 
Um, and what's really cool is that there have been ladies who've taken that, who took that class and who have applied what they learned to help save lives. So I'm excited to be going back and teaching that again to the firearms community at A Girl and a Gun. Wonderful. And, you know, I don't know if you heard the last segment, but one thing I, I just want to take a second. I just want to thank you because there was one thing that was really powerful for me. I will admit it that at the end, I think ours turned into like a little bit of a therapy session <laughs> but with people sharing stories. Um, but one thing that really empowered me and that really hit me that I did not expect is that you have a real talent and a gift in a special way that you were able to impart the a whole concept to me that I didn't expect to walk away with. And that was the empowerment and and the 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 being okay with not mm-hmm. being okay and being okay with being uncomfortable because this is not a, a, a pleasant thing to deal with. And, and there comes a time where it may be needed. And I really want to thank you because you really kind of framed it in a way that made me understand that, that it's okay and it's okay and it's okay to step in and there's a place and a time for that. And it needs to be done. That really means a lot to me. And, you know, humbly speaking, and I emphasize this all the time and in that class too, no one knows what tomorrow is going to bring. And, you know, we don't know if we're going to get into a car accident, you know, on the way to a grocery store, for example. And, you know, moments like that in our lives um, can really change our mental health, um, you know, losing a loved one. Uh, even this week, I, my son had an injury at work um, where they had to use a tourniquet. He, he works at a deli and he had a, took a good chunk out of his arm and because of an employee that helped him, um, you know, he was able to stop the bleed, but you know, we never know what that, I didn't know <laughs> what mm-hmm. that day was going to bring. And when we start from that humble place, it empowers us to be able to speak humbly with other people without judgment, without stigma. And that's really what our mission is all about is empowering and equipping our community to be able to help to provide a solution to other members of our community. So I'm so glad you got to experience that class and that we can be talking about it today. It's awesome. Wonderful. And, you know, and, and so the, the the course that I took was the QPR, but what I wanted to kind of take a little bit of time to talk with you about now is something that's closely affiliated with that. And that's the whole hold my guns part of your program. And would you be able to, to, to kind of talk a little bit about that and share how you, how that works and you know, just kind of the, the background of it and the founding? Absolutely. So first I want to let people know if you would like to find our website, it's holdmyguns.org. And uh, the way that Hold My Guns started, I'm a range safety officer, and I have five kids that have a you know, long history of being in shooting sports. Um, but what we learned was that gun owners don't always have friends or family to store firearms during times of need or crisis. And this realization happened when we lost an 18-year-old friend to suicide by firearm. And my kids came to me and they asked, you know, how can we help people uh, who need to have their firearms out of their home temporarily um, by their choice for whatever reason um, at the same time while helping to preserve rights. And that's where the idea for Hold My Guns came from. That's wonderful. So is that like, I mean, how much, I mean I'm mean, i sure you don't hold guns for everybody at your house. So do you <laughs> have right. like, pardon? That's right. We, we're not holding them at the Albrecht house. <laughs> so, so you have like a storage we- building? Well, the way that it works, it's a very scalable solution. And the cool thing is it incorporates our entire firearms community. There's an opportunity to get involved. 
and we partner with FFLs or federal firearms licensees, gun shops across the United States, and they store firearms for their clients that are referred to us through referred to them through our website, uh, through word of mouth, and it's a great way for FFLs to just show that they are taking leadership to help their firearms community, and really, it's a beautiful way that we can show. Um, that liberty is the answer and self-governance is the answer, but actually creating the infrastructure to help people who need firearm storage. So we have six partners right now, um, and we're excited to be growing that. Our partners right now, we have American Trailhead in Georgia, Goldspur Outfitters in Wyoming, Branson Saracote in Missouri, Casey Small Arms in Massachusetts, which is, by the way, part of the Yankee Hill Machine Complex, uh, Allegheny Arms in Pittsburgh, and last but not least, Randall Family Firearms in Washington State. And Lisa was going to be on tonight. She's our FFL coordinator and Washington State partner owner, and their family is ill tonight. But we really appreciate Lisa. She's a wonderful person in, the, in our team and helps to bring new FFLs on board. Now, I heard a little bit of a rumor that you're working on uh, an FFL here in California. Is that true? We have a few that have reached out. Right okay. now, our barrier is that we need an attorney to help us with, with completing our contract. We have a have to have a state-compliant contract. So if there are attorneys out there that are very 2A and they know about firearms law and they understand how contracts work, there's the contract is about 80% filled in, and then we have to fill it in that last 20% with the process for a compliant transfer. So if there's an attorney out there that wants to help, if we get that contract, it really helps us to be able to onboard FSLs quickly. So and it's got to be perfect. It's got to be lawyer perfect. Especially California. And what, especially in California, yeah. and you probably only have one shot at it. You do. And, and the reason why is because of gun control. And uh, yeah, we live here. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, there are a lot of state and even local laws in some situations, and we really want to protect um, our FSL partners from creating liability from doing something wrong. And so that's why it's important to have that in place. That being said, we I want to be clear that we, you know, we store firearms, there are transfers involved for that. We have to follow all federal, state, sure. and local laws. But we can also store non-serialized critical parts, which is great for privately manufactured firearms, if that's the situation, yeah. or even accessories like perhaps a key to a cable lock or a safe. So there are ways that we can help store objects that help to create distance from firearms um, and you well, know, within that realm there. What, would, what does the police departments or the sheriff's departments say about this? Because I know they're not thrilled about having to store weapons that are confiscated. Wouldn't it be easier just, you know, to give them to you with the, with the customer's name on it? They have all the information. No? Uh, Alicia's yeah. shaking her head no at me. Well, you have, there's a, there's an interesting situation there. So if police departments are required to store someone's firearms, it's probably because they're prohibited. And unfortunately, uh, we can't, can't do a transfer for someone who's right. prohibited. So um, storing a firearm for a prohibited person wouldn't quite work under our program. However, a lot of people want to take their firearms for the reasons why we store firearms, which would be because someone's in crises or their baby being deployed yeah. or they're showing their house or, um, you know, helping a 
foster kid that, you know, they can't be around firearms while they're in the home. So, um, but they call the police department and the sheriff's department and they're already storing so many firearms for prohibited individuals. They don't have the space. See, that was my point. That was my Mm -hmm. point. You could just clear up, you know, keep the ones that you have to keep for court and what have you. But, you know, like say I arrested Alicia as a cop and then we just take her guns away. We back up the 40 foot tractor trailer and load all of her guns in there and then just take them away until she got straightened and come back. So, yeah, but I think you're, I think you're offering a great service. The community needs to know about it. So Sarah, you you touched a little bit on some of the, the, the life situations that come up as to why someone might reach out to your program. Can you kind of go in a little bit more detail about that? Cause I, cause kind of the full spectrum of why this might be necessary and beneficial. Yes. Well, I'd, I'd like to share a story Absolutely. Um, of someone that, that we were able to help. And keep in mind, we do not ask why people store firearms. So, you know, for all we know, maybe they are going on vacation and they want to responsibly prevent unauthorized access. But we did hear back from someone who stored a firearm through our program. And it was it was just um it just makes my heart feel so good even thinking about it. So she's a mother, and during the pandemic, she had in before the pandemic, she had in-home care for her special needs children, and they needed a lot of assistance with things like eating and getting dressed every day. Uh, but during the pandemic, the in-home nurse wasn't able to make house calls anymore, and so the mom was shouldering a lot of the care for her kids, and she just became exhausted without help. And she started drinking to cope with that stress of being overwhelmed and feeling guilt over loving her kids, but not being able to meet all of their needs with, you know, the extra hand. And she started thinking about suicide as a way out. And so she um, started going to the garage and, you know, kind of quietly drinking when her kids were in bed. And that's where she kept her firearm. And so someone um, had had told her about Hold My Guns. And what she told me later was that she was actually in the garage with her firearm when she called to ask, where can I store my firearm? Uh, so she stored her firearm with a storage partner, and she actually got help for her alcohol addiction. And she ultimately, in the end, chose to sell her firearm through that uh, FSL. But as far as I know, she's still with us and recovering uh, and has recovered from being um, addicted to alcohol. So it's a beautiful story that is, you know, helping support a gun owner in need uh, and helping them to make life-affirming choices with our community support without stigma. So we found out about that actually because she shared her story on a podcast. And I was like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> this is really exciting to learn what happened. But we also know that not everyone is going to share like that. Right. But that's just one example of many. Uh, we had, um, I'm aware of a, a someone who called because they were, it was a veteran who was being evicted from his apartment. Oh, Sarah. And, well, hold on a second, Sarah. Yeah. We're, we're gonna we're gonna play drama here. We're gonna have you stay with us till another segment. So hold that thought, and when we come back, let's continue. This is Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. 
Hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's 100 pounds bigger? Well, that's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women led by women, the Not Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's free. Just if you need to sign up, go to notmesd.org, notmesd.org. The program is also available in Orange County Inland Empire. Get help today at notmesd.org. All right. We're back with Sarah. All right, Sarah. You know, before Sarah gets going with her story, I just, you know, if you know, if you think about it, so this hold my guns, because I think a lot of people might be thinking, well, why would I, you know, why would I want to do this? Or if I'm in that state of mind, why, am you know, a lot of people when they're in that state of mind, they're not thinking clearly, but when they come out of it the next day, if they don't, you know, then hopefully they don't take the step, clearly. they realize how poorly their thoughts were the night before. And in that rational moment, that's when I hope they make this phone call. Okay. So I have to ask, hmm. hold my gun. Z- First thing I thought it was hold my beer. I thought this was going to be some kind of a, <laughs> let's, let me tell you what I did when I, but I'm not, I just had to just bring that out. I oh, feel Dave. much better. All right, Sarah, finish up, kind of back up a couple of paragraphs and let's, let's get this story out there. Well, I, I held that thought. I just, there was another scenario that was, that was really cool that we were able to help a, a member of our gun community. So there was a veteran who uh, was being evicted from their apartment and they're able to, the concern was that they couldn't take their firearms into the temporary shelter. And so really their identity was in their firearms and they didn't, it was like they're the one thing that they really, that mattered out of all of their possessions. And so by storing firearms for them, they were able to go to the shelter temporarily, but then pick up their firearms when they were getting back on their feet. And it meant so much to them. And so, again, people use our service for all different reasons. Um, but I do like the point that you have there, and, and that is that, you know, we, we carry firearms because they are lethal and they're quick and they quickly mm-hmm. stop a threat. But when the threat is coming from within and it may be the gun owner it may be someone in the household maybe someone who's struggling with postpartum depression for example who has access to the combination to the safe you know um maybe there are teenagers who are going through a hard time we don't know it might not be the gun owner themselves but it gives them an option to responsibly store their firearm off-site if that is what they need and it's a way that we can support them so, and by the way, Hold My Guns was a working name, and it was just kind of like, it should be something like this, but my friend John Patton at the Gun Collective just kind of blurted it out on the air one day, and I was like, John, we weren't ready to give it a name yet, but it stuck. And so, it just is kind of endearing that it did stick. It wasn't like some fancy, you know, armory-type name, but Hold My Guns stuck, and, and so that's what we still have today. Well, I got to say, when you hear that, it makes people wonder, you know, what are we talking about? So it, it just in, it gets them to engage in the conversation. So that's it was pre- it's a pretty catchy little name. You could do a T-shirt. <laughs> you could, and we do want to do some T-shirts and some merch yeah. soon. So Have some look fun for with that. It. Yeah, because so, people are you know the non-shooters are going to say, "Oh my god, what is she talking about?" Well, it's a conversation starter. That's, that's the, the way point. you get the word out there. So, point. Sarah, can you can you kind of walk us through? Imagine you know, if I was to call up the hotline or to call up, what does the process look like for someone on that end of it that needs or needs this service? What are they going to need to do? Is there a charge to them? Kind of 
walk me through that process. What would I need to expect? Yes. So the first thing to do is go to holdmyguns.org and click on the location tab and you'll see a map of the current storage partners. And you would go to that map and click on the location closest to you and make an appointment with that FSL partner. And you would take your firearms to them and you would fill out the contract, which, you know, states this is I am the owner of this firearm. I'm lawfully able to possess this firearm. All the kinds of questions you would expect if you were taking a firearm to a gun shop for them to store. And he'll have all the he'll have all the pertinent uh, paperwork to fill out. You don't have to download any of it. That's correct. So the, the FSL partners have it. And then. All federal and, and state and local laws have to be followed. So at the time of pickup, for example, if there's a waiting period, you would make the appointment to fill to take, pick up your firearm. Mm-hmm. You would make sure that all of your paperwork in is, is there, and then you would be able to pick up your firearm after that waiting period. Not all states have that, um, but again, it's transferring a firearm, and so you have to be compliant with those laws. And of course, we do offer other parts and accessories storage too. So if that's a concern for someone um, who just needs to have uh, distance from lethal means or not have, have ready, readily access to it to be able to use it, that's an option for people too. But for someone who's being deployed, they might need to have that whole firearm stored. Now, not pinning you down to an exact dollar amount, but what, what's kind of the average of storage fee, say, per month? We leave it to our FSL partners, right. okay. um, and it's very important, again, to note that you know people store firearms for many different reasons, so we can't say, well, it's free if you're in crisis, because right. then it helps that right. person for being in crisis. So there, it's about, on average, about $20 a month for yeah, the that's, first firearm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was looking mm-hmm. for, because, yeah. and then, of course, it's going to depend if you're bringing one, two, three rifles, pistols, you know, everything changes, but I was just thinking... Say I wanted to store a gun just for a month, you know, 20 bucks a month. Yeah, that's more than doable. Yes. And we are actually working on creating a scholarship program that Ah. our FSL partners can tap into if they need it. And that way they don't turn people away if they can't afford that. Uh, If you go to holdmyguns.org, which is our social media um, handle, and you click on our link tree, there's a sponsor prospectus. And we have something out there. We're looking for someone to fill that hero level. It's a $100,000 donation, and we will name our scholarship fund after that donor. So if that's, if you really are passionate about this or you know someone who is, we want to be able to provide this service to people in need, and we want to, to start that fund, but we want to honor that person at that very high-level hero donor. So keep that in mind. There is a need for it, and we're trying to make that possible. Yeah, well, That's we wish, yeah, wish you all the luck on that. Noble cause. Now, so Sarah, I, I imagine that you are looking to grow and to add as many FFLs in as many states as you can. Yeah. Is that true? Okay. So I, we have listeners from all over. You know, we are located here in San Diego County, but we have, it's, we are podcasted. We have listeners Worldwide. all over. There you go. So I imagine there are likely to be a few gun shops that are listening. Can you kind of detail what you're looking for and what the process may be? If someone's interested in helping and stepping up and being part of this, yeah. how do they go about Just that? Just their end of it. Yeah. Yep, their end. What do they need to do? Absolutely. So we currently are working with, we have, we have compliant contracts in our six states. So the easiest thing is if there are 
interested FFLs in those states, we already have a contract and it's pretty easy to get them on board. We require that they are a retail location and that they, so they have a storefront. It's not just a gunsmith in someone's home. Um, we require that they carry general liability insurance and that they have good customer service ratings because, again, people come in for all different kinds of reasons. And we want to make sure that they're going to be treating those customers with dignity and respect. So those are the key things that we look for for storage partners. We are also looking for people to sponsor states that like SSLs in states where we don't have an existing contract. So if you're in a state that's not currently supported by our contracts and you want to get involved, let us know. And again, if there are attorneys in states that say, hey, I want to come forward and help with this, it will empower other uh, SSLs in, in other states to be able to get on board quickly. Wonderful. So I think it's it sounds like it should be in every state. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it just seems absolutely, and in like every, every county. city too, right? Yeah, every county, right? Well, I mean, yeah. really, yeah. I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but look at all the storage buildings are all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. with different size compartments. I don't know why you couldn't. I mean, couldn't do that with with firearms. Now, did I understand you correctly? Do you ship firearms? Like, or was that was that the other guy? Who was that? Well, any FFL can ship to another FFL. Okay, there you go. That's what I was thinking. Right? If you have a local FFL, you can ship to one of our storage partners. But that being said, if there is a warehouse that's associated with an FFL, we'd be interested in working with you to make that shipping option more accessible. Right. Yeah. I'd like to hear another story. You want to hear another story? Another one? Let me get the cookies and milk. I like the stories. I know. You want your cookies and milk first? Light the fire. All right. You're on. She wants another story. Another story. Yeah. Um, you got him. Well, well, if you don't mind, Sarah, actually, if I can make a request. Yes. If it's not too personal. I know that when I took your course, you told me one personally about a friend of yours. If you don't um, mind. It's about the new mom, perhaps. It was a I'm man. It was about a man. There, tell her in. I, she tells I, a lot of stories. My memory. I, we have helped a lot of people, so help jog my memory. <laughs> jog, jog, jog. <laughs> Oh, he he had passed recently. Um, ooh, I don't remember oh, enough. No, I don't remember, I don't remember enough. I knew, I knew that it was a man. He had passed just before you taught the course, and it was an emotional moment for you. It was it was new. It was fresh. Well, while she's thinking about it and you're thinking about it, mm-hmm. what's the general acceptance of your program across the the you know the storing of the of the guns? You know, it's it's very interesting because people who know who've been through a difficult situation, they understand it. I actually, it has been very well received, mm-hmm. but I also understand the hesitancy sure. because people who are are wisely skeptical about anything that talks about storing firearms or uh, mental health being exploited, they should be asking questions like, who are you and mm-hmm. do you really represent liberty and right. you know, what's your track record and things like that. So I really appreciate it when people ask those hard questions and make sure that... Um, you know, that we are who we say we are. And I, they're always pleasantly surprised. And it's very interesting because, you know, sometimes the, the, those who give us the most opposition, they later call and say, mm-hmm. by the way, this really made a difference. And I was able to share this with a friend. So I'm still not ringing a bell about oh, a specific. I wish I could remember more. It was a, it was That's a right. really I got another lineup. question. What about politicians? <laughs> what do the politics think of what you're trying to do? Both sides, uh, both sides. <laughs> It's it's quite a, you know first of all we're a five hundred one c three and so 
Um, we are very cautious not to endorse candidates or anything like right. that. But I'll right. tell you what, for, for candidates that are very gun control minded, it's very, very, very hard for them to argue with our liberty based right. approach. Gotcha. And so it shuts them up. So if you're someone that may never store a firearm, but you want to shut up a politician, check out Hold My Guns. Sarah, it has been so much fun having you on. We truly appreciate you uh, sharing this program. Hold My Gu- I think it's a phenomenal program. And hopefully we'll get you in all 50 states in no time at all. Thank you. All right, Tara. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners. Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. I got the board op up on the edge of his chair there for a moment. That was kind of good. He's been relaxing back there. Hey, you know a self-defense event can happen in seconds, and the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life can change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense. But if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com, G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. USCCA.com slash G-O-R. You cracked me up. Me? You put cream on your hand like nine times. <laughs> Just looking at your dry arms, well, I couldn't I help it. I know. You only did one. You're, you're, you're like the guy at the fair that cleans one tennis shoe. The first shoe. one's free? Yeah, the first one's free. You got to buy a case of this crap to get the second one free. <laughs> Talk to Sam. Hey, All Sam. Right. How you doing, buddy? Not bad. How are you guys? Uh, we're well. winging it. Your uncle, we don't, he went AOL. We don't know where he's at. Did Sorry to hear that. I think Alicia knows where he's at. Um, he's somewhere up in North California, I believe. Yeah, it's about all I know. Oh, that's right. Um, Some show. Rich set him up for, or no, is it Jermisi? Yes, Somebody Jermisi. set him up for a Jermisi class did. and then bailed. Yep, that was Jermisi. All right, so, and Action Jackson's not here, so it's just us. Hope you guys aren't having too much fun. <laughs> I know, we're doing good. We're actually doing We've had some really good, really good interviews. Have you ever heard of a company called uh, Hold Hold My Gun? Guns. No, I haven't heard of it. What they're trying to do is work with FLAs. FFLs. Or FFLs. David. Yeah, it's one of those F words. <laughs> but, you know, like, if you want to store your gun or if you know there's somebody in the family that's not doing well and you don't want to keep guns out, they actually will store them for you at the FFL. FFL? FFL. Yeah. That sounds like a good service. Yeah, I, it's kind of what I thought, too. And she was really excited and enthusiastic about – uh you know, providing the service. And, and what'd she say? Seven states is what she six. said. Currently in six. Currently in six. Uh, right. I guess you have, to, you have to go to the gun-friendly states first. Maybe yeah. potentially a little easier. Yeah. All right. You're going to read the question for I us? I do. So, Sam, I have a question for you. You ready? Is it the question or is it mm-hmm. a question? It is the question. Uh-oh. The okay. qu- and I, I have a feeling... 
Are you gambling? Mm-hmm. Are you gambling? Don't put any pressure on him. Oh, I think he's going to get it. Okay. I think he's got it. So here it is. It's a question from Rick from San Diego. And the question is, why is the Ma Deuce called the Ma Deuce? Rick from San Diego. Thanks for writing in. You'll know um, As for the... I, I may be I may be a little bit off on this, but the the designation uh, the official U.S. military designation is M two. Mm-hmm. Um, so from from that I believe comes the uh, the nickname, though I might be wrong. That it's it's one of those things where it, it seems too simple. So I feel like there has to be some more complicated question, more complicated story behind it. But I, I know I'm just overthinking it. The moment that you mentioned M two, that was it. You had it. You had it. Do you, so is there anything about the M2 that you that you find interesting that you want to share before I read our answer? Um, yeah, it's one of the longest continuously serving military arms um, in history. The, the U.S. military has used M2s since the 20s, I believe. Um, FN has been producing them continuously in Belgium, except during part of World War II when uh, the country was occupied by Germany. Uh, many different militaries around the world use them. They're, um, yeah, it's it's an old design. Uh, the the M2 is definitely a lot heavier than maybe it needs to be, and it's not. Uh, it 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 could it could do with being replaced, but it's good enough at what it does, and the parts are available, and the people who can work on it uh, have the training. So there's there's just never been a good enough replacement. You've got it. Yeah, without spending a you know bucket load of bucket load of money, but I wonder why they called it the Ma Deuce. I mean, well, there you go. Well, so, you know the M is, and then the, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Never mind. I Dave didn't have his go. coffee this morning, so no, no, it just dawned on me. M Deuce, the two is there a deuce. You go. Glad you caught it. Well, you were you were a tanker, right? When you were right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's why, and I should know because I had one of those on my. In fact, I still have the go no go gauge. You know what that is? Yeah, it's for uh, for checking the chamber's yeah. headspace to make sure it won't explode. And you know what? When they told me that, I never went anywhere without that gauge, and I checked it every before I put a round in it. There you go. Well, when somebody tells you it's going to blow up and mm-hmm. kill you, you know, I mean, it's bad enough you're in Korea. Well, there you go. Modern M2s have uh, fixed headspace, so you don't Uh, need to open them every time you you replace the barrel. Have you ever shot one? I have not. Oh, you have to. Figure out a way. I don't care what you do. You got to, I mean, there's just something, there's just something about that, that monster. Well, I'm not a tank commander, but um, I'll, I'll see what I can do. (laughs) That's what it would take. Because I'm driving, so you can be the gunner. All right. That was a good one, brother. Question it's for you, a Fun topic. All right, I think she's got another question. Well, well uh, let me really quickly, just formality, let's get the answer that was provided out of the way. You were oh, absolutely yeah. 100% correct, Sam, with what you had. So here's what was written to us. Just a little bit to kind of add to what you had stated. The M2 machine gun or Browning 50 caliber machine gun is a heavy machine gun designed towards the end of World War I by John Browning. It's designed similar to Browning's earlier M1919 Browning machine gun which was chambered for the 30-06 cartridge. The M2 uses the much larger and much more powerful 50 BMG cartridge, which was developed alongside and takes its name from the gun in, the gun itself. BMG stands for Browning Machine Gun, and it has been referred to as the Modus in reference to its M2 nomenclature. 
I didn't read the last line. I noticed. I just you noticed that. <laughs> I did. So very good as usual. A little clapping out of the box over there. Excuse me. Yeah, at least once or twice. Rich gets a, a hat or a t-shirt. No, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't clapping. Maybe it was something else. All so, right, buddy. So Sam, before you go, oh. uh, would you like to talk a little bit about your blog that you have? Oh up this yeah, week? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I forgot. Sure, why not? Uh, my most recent blog post that went up uh, this past Monday was about concealed carry laws. Mm-hmm. And basically, the, the point I make is that for, for all of us listening who um, either have concealed handgun permits or even if we aren't, we're still uh, law-abiding citizens, for us to carry concealed in public, we need the permit, which means in, in many states we need to uh, pay money to go through a training course, and then we have to go to the courthouse, and we have to file some paperwork and pay more fees, and so on and so forth. And it's all well and good um, that everyone who is carrying a gun should be sane, trained, and law-abiding. But the thing is, most of the people committing crimes with guns are not going through that process because there is literally no way to force them to do that. So uh, making concealed carry laws just more difficult for already law-abiding citizens really does nothing. It's it's just punishing the people who aren't committing the crimes. Correct. Absolutely. And I love that you you open it up. You're speaking uh, specifically initially to California and the uh, the SB2. So I appreciate that you kind of added in a perspective and information about that as well. Well, it's an issue that affects all of us, but um, it's been in the news lately a lot, as all of you know, in California mm-hmm. with, with Gavin Newsom and his pals uh, going going on another uh, another one of their their famous gun control um, things. Always something new. What do you think of uh, Biden's new executive order that he's putting out? Um. <laughs> It, 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 there are a lot of different things going on there, a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it isn't terrible, but there are some other parts that I'm re- mostly, in a nutshell, I'm curious to see how it will actually be enforced uh, because there's a lot of um, vague leeway for enforcement agencies to do things that uh, are are well outside their realm of of what kind of power they should have and what kind of power any government should have. So we'll see. Yeah, okay. he's always throwing stuff against the wall to see what's going to stick. Because sooner or later something does, that's and then the we're we're back to square one. Right, and that's the concern. So that's why we have to fight, 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 fight. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Say hi to the family. Will do. Thanks for having me on. As always. All right, Thanks, cool. Sam. All right, so question and answer. Yes. Training up, training down, more people coming in. You know, it's been it's been pretty steady for me personally. Um, I'm you know I'm booked a couple of weeks out, and wow. yeah, I'm I'm getting a lot of a lot of women. I um, and I don't, I initially for a long time I had men, um, and I don't know you know being a woman I I anticipated that I would get a lot of women that were looking for female instructors. Um, and that wasn't the case for a long time. Um, so, but I am starting to get it now, whether that's unique to me because I am a woman or that's just the wave of the way that it's going. And I'm just in, in the, in the ocean with all the other instructors. I don't know, but I am getting a wave of brand new women looking for intro. They're never having touched again. Do you ask them how do they find out about you? A lot of it's word of mouth. That's what I'm being told. I do. I do ask on occasion. Yeah. Well, you should ask every time. Yeah. When I remember. 
Well, I know. But Sometimes I get so wrapped up and excited. I know. I know. I know. But you need to know where that's coming from. It's true. Because you just, it's true. you know, that's where you need to keep, you know, if you're fishing, and that's what you're doing is you're fishing for customers. I don't need to, <laughs> to be honest. They're keeping me busy. You don't want anymore? Well, no, they, they're, they're coming. You I don't, I don't have to, to proactively. You ought to, you ought to go do the, the talk circuit. Kiwanis, Soroptimus, the Lions Club, all those places. Interesting. Because they're always looking for people to talk. Yeah. And, you know, and you always like to, you know, I mean, you like to speak, you know, speak publicly. Speak to the people. Do they pay in beer? Uh, no. <laughs> but I can tell you, I'll tell you a cute story <laughs> when we get off here. <laughs> hey, Bob Siegel's in the house. Don't touch that dial. And don't forget to stop by our sponsor, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dolan Law Group, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training, and U.S. Concealed Carry. Thanks to Alicia. Did an awesome job. And Brendan Thomas right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 9617. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.